Hi, you're listening to Living Life on Purpose, and I'm your host, Matt Wilson. The goal of this show is for us to sit down with successful people who also live a life of purpose. We want you to hear their stories, understand that they've had to overcome adversity, how their faith has played a role, and ultimately we want you to be encouraged by the things that you hear so that you can walk through similar situations. We hope you enjoy. Today on the show, we have Peter Woodward. Peter was born into a family of actors. His father, Edward Woodward, brother Tim Woodward, and sister Sarah Woodward are all well-known British actors. Peter graduated from the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art and then joined the Royal Shakespeare Company, starring in many of their productions, including Winter's Tale, Comedy of Errors, and A Midsummer Night's Dream. Peter has also played a wide range of major character roles in films and television, including the role of the German Captain Stossel in the feature film The Brill Cream Boys. As a member of the British Academy of Dramatic Combat, Peter is known in the film industry for his work as a fight arranger and also as a post-production supervisor, writing the ADR dialogue for films including 1492 Conquest of Paradise, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, The Scarlet Tunic, Les Miserables, Ossessione Fatale. Uh, <laughs> branching out, Peter recently formed a production company, Tripal Productions, with his father, Edward Woodward. And for this company, Peter wrote and produced his first feature film, The House of Angelo, with his father, Edward, in the starring role as Angelo. Peter is best known for his portrayal of Charles O'Hara in The Patriot or as Haggis in National Treasure Book of Secrets. He also produced, co-wrote, and hosted the show Conquest for the History Channel, a weekly program showcasing combat and martial competition throughout history. He was also nominated for a Primetime Emmy for his work on Egypt Beyond the Pyramids. Peter, it is an honor to have you here today. It's a very long and boring list, isn't it? I mean, really, it's, it's, it does go on. I suppose the older you get, the more it goes on. Well, that's a good thing. That's, if you're you know, lucky, yeah. If you're lucky. A lot of things to your credit. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously you've been acting for a long time, come from a family of, of acting. Did you always know that, that you wanted to be an actor when you were growing up? No. You know, for a while I resisted it. Um, you know, quite often if your father is a, a well-known actor you or a well-known carpenter or a well-known mortician, you know, you, you tend to, to try and, and get away from that and then make your own decision about whether you want to do that. And that's what I did. I, I wanted to be an art historian for a while, and um, I've um, kept up my great interest in history ever since. Uh, but no, uh, eventually I, uh, I, I decided, yes, I did want to, to act. But I think also because my father was an actor, it's never been the only thing that's interested me. And I've always been interested in other things. First of all, it was fights, um, especially when I was younger, lots of fight directing. And uh, recently it's, it's been uh, writing. I've been writing a lot of movies and, uh, and uh, just directed my first one too. So I think you have to, especially as an actor nowadays, when there are limited possibilities out there, you have to be able to do pretty much everything. Well, that's uh, definitely great perspective. Obviously, with COVID, things have been limited. You are in Los Angeles now, but but originally from England. And how long have you been living in LA? It's just about 20 years now. Yeah, okay. I, um, I love it here. Before COVID, I used to fly back to Europe um, just about every couple of months because I had work there and here. Um, but of course, COVID closed that down a bit. Uh, although recently, I've, I've I've just been in in Ireland because I have a, I've written a TV series which is shooting uh, in in the summer. So you know, we put it off and off, and finally, I I just had to go. You know, having written all these episodes, I had to go and speak with the producers, and um, so uh, it was an essential COVID visit, which hopefully will employ a lot of people. <laughs> 
Hopefully so. Have have things started to loosen up there in Los Angeles with COVID restrictions? Um, no, you know, because it does change so often. I'm sure you know most of those people listening will agree. It's sometimes very confusing to know what what are the restrictions. I just always assume that you know at the moment um, it's not a good idea to meet new people, which is a great shame. Um, so we do a lot of zooming. I, I've had my my first vaccination, and uh, I actually had COVID. In, in October. So I'm told that uh, because I had it and because I've had a vaccination that I'm in fairly good shape not to catch it. But you know, it's it's not worth being being silly about this. I, ha- I had a friend who's about my age who in March of last year was one of the very early victims of COVID, an actor named Jay Benedict, who I loved very much. And, uh, and he, he, he died. Um, it was in the very early days, and they did not have good um, a good idea about how to treat it then. But yeah, so the um, uh, I don't know exactly what the LA restrictions are, but I have my own. <laughs> gotcha. Well, I'm sorry for your loss, and and I know any time we lose somebody this close to us, it's it's definitely a painful situation. So definitely condolences for that, and and it has been such a trying situation for for everyone for to, so many. to try and navigate and. Uh, not just from the, the physical standpoint, but you know the financial elements and, and all of the changing protocols on a regular basis, things of that nature. But so you had to get to an island and then go have these meetings. How easy was that to to navigate? Well, quite rightly, there are all kinds of, uh, of tests and examinations you have to do, all kinds of forms you have to fill in. Um, and I had to be in Ireland for at least 14 days. First five days were in lockdown, so I couldn't actually work with the people that I was supposed to be working with. Um, I then went and got a test, and the test was negative, so then I could work. But we still kept a, a social distance you know, within the, the um, place we were working. And flying back, I, I flew back via London, and there were different restrictions there. And, um, and uh, yeah, it's, you know, and, and there were maybe 30 people on the airplane from uh, London to Los Angeles, which is itself um, a little depressing. You know, I mean, those uh, airplanes used to be so full. But I'm aware that any travel is a risk. I know that I'm not going to risk passing anything on to anyone because I know I have been vaccinated and I've had it. So I think my chances of hurting anyone else are very small. But um, yeah, it, it, it is a decision you, you have to take. And it's a moral decision, too, you know, and it's and, you know, frankly, we're not used to taking moral decisions, are we? We're not used to being forced to do that. So I think it's uh, it, it's been interesting for, for many of us having to take decisions that, you know, will protect not just ourselves, but the people we love and um, the older people that we care for and are worried about. Mm-hmm. You know, it's been a very interesting time for that. I have to say, I, I've had a very easy COVID time. I just sat down and I wrote seven episodes of this TV series pretty much, you know, straight off um took me many months but then what else was i going to be doing <laughs> right um, and otherwise the work i've been doing this year has been a lot of audio and uh, and that kind of thing yeah i definitely think that it's been a season of what whatever you've been focusing on during this time you know you're going to e- either experience significant growth because you channeled that energy in the right way or you know if you just sat there and waited and were not productive with that time i think it's going to be very difficult for you know, some people to to recoup and, and come back because their focus may have been on the negative versus, you know, the positive opportunities. You know, we, yes, we've I all think- had tragic or, or difficult circumstances, but how we focused during that time definitely will determine the end result. I think so. I think it's obviously been much easier for me because I'm used to working on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people who are put out of work just at the beginning of this, this whole process, it must be very, very tough. 
um, you know, because you want to fill your time productively, but and you can't always do so. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I was very lucky in that last year, but the, the movie I recently made um, literally finished shooting just as COVID was, was really taking hold in, in February and uh, February and March and mm-hmm. in the Bahamas. So, um, you know, I've been extremely lucky, but um, exactly the time when I was, you know, coming off the high of making a movie, an awful lot of other people were beginning to lose their jobs. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, this year has, has, this past 12 months has treated us all in very different ways, but um, yeah, it's been tough. Well, it definitely has been. And, you know, so you're talking about Dolphin Island. That's right. And, yeah. And you know, so I uh, got to watch that with my little girls, the the pre-screener. Uh, so we had a family movie night uh, a little mm-hmm. while back and uh, really enjoyed watching the film. And uh, tell us a little bit about it and, and how you got involved with that. Uh, thank you. Yes, I, I'm glad that you and your family enjoyed it. I mean, there's so few really good family movies around now where you know you can sit down with with very young kids and um and enjoy it as an adult and enjoy it you know the kids enjoy it too any movie that that does that treads a very fine line um because you don't want to alienate older kids you don't want to make it you know just a kid's movie and you have to to um there are adult um themes within the story but they're always respectful and loving and um yeah, it's it's a it's a good movie for that. I, I got involved because um, my friend Mike Deeser, who's the the director, who've worked with a great deal before, um, asked me to come in and uh, play uh, this grandfather. Of course, I told him I'm far too young for that, but <laughs> I agreed to anyway. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, I I, I play uh, this grandfather who is looking after a granddaughter, and um, the uh, granddaughter has has been orphaned, so that's why the grandfather's looking after her. And of course, the other grandparents who are very rich and in New York, decide to come down to the Bahamas and um, try and muscle in and take over the uh, the granddaughter. And I play a character who basically lives pretty much on a boat and uh, is great friends with uh, the dolphins and the dolphin sanctuary. And uh, so, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those, those stories of... Um, uh, but I think the important thing about any of those stories is there has to be a good reason, you know, that those grandparents come down from New York, not because they're horrible people, but because they think genuinely that it might be better if they look after this child. And of course the child, you know, knows exactly where she wants to be. And, and um, yeah, but yeah, I, th- I think the role of grandparents in our society, that's something else that's, that's come up a lot um, with COVID, you know, that you either could not get access to your grandparents or relied on a grandparent to look after your child. Hmm. Um, the role of grandparents is so important, I think. Yes. I just absolutely loved my grandparents and all four of them have passed away. Unfortunately, uh, the last one passed away in 2019. And, you know, so it, it is something that, you know, to have to see so many people not be able to, to interact with grandparents in this mm-hmm. season. Uh, I couldn't imagine, you know, what that would be like, but uh, in this movie, you know, it is, uh, the relationship that the two of you have, and you know, obviously, it's uh, it's it's warm, it's loving. Y'all y'all have adventures together, and you know, then the other grandparents coming in, and and they don't understand because you know, clearly, uh, you're not living in Manhattan, and so <laughs> you, you've got to be doing something wrong. And uh, you know, to me, the beauty of the Bahamas and how you guys get to, to spend your days on. You know, hanging out with dolphins and, and sunrise, sunset, beautiful weather, uh, that would be pretty attractive. But yeah, but of course, uh, she went to school as well, and it was a right. good, good, good local school as they are in the Bahamas. But yeah, um, 
yes, it's it's a, it's it's a sort of dream, isn't it? That you know, you you give up everything and you go and live on a boat somewhere in a in a on a on a tropical island. Yeah, but it's it's uh, I, I think it's um it's a tough life for people who who do choose to to do that, who do choose to drop out um, in that way. And um, it often works, but you know, sometimes you'll find people try it for a couple of years and then and come back to Manhattan. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's something to be said for lots of hot running water whenever you want it. You know. Right. But I mean, the, the the wonderful experience for me um, shooting down in the Bahamas was was actually especially working with the dolphins, which was just the most extraordinary experience. I uh, you know I hadn't uh, swum with dolphins before, and they are obviously, of course, incredibly intelligent creatures. They're mammals like us, and these particular dolphins were extremely well looked after. I was very concerned, you know, when I heard about well, dolphin sanctuary. What does that mean? These particular elephants are really well looked after, and they're given access to the to the the open ocean, so they can swim away if they want to. Um, and um, uh, you know they have uh, they have tricks. And some people might think, well, should you treat a you know should you teach a dolphin tricks like that? Um, but when you see the pleasure with which they enjoy, what are what are them what are to them games? Um, you know, then as soon as I saw that, I thought, no, okay, that these dolphins are really happy and they really want to do what they want to do. But I, I, the experience of swimming with a dolphin in the open ocean, it's just amazing. I mean, you know, when you know you're in their element and they're welcoming you in because these dolphins are very used to human contact. And so they will come beside you and they will pull you along a little way. And, and, um, uh, it, it was most extraordinary feeling. I hope some of that comes out in the movie too. But uh, yeah, I mean, when this lockdown ends and we can all travel again, you know, take your kids, take your kids down and wherever there are dolphins who are well treated and well looked after and oh, free to go, go to the open ocean if they want to, then yeah, it's a great experience. It really is. Uh, it definitely sounds like a lot of fun. I have um, attempted to swim with dolphins, but we it was down in the Florida Keys years ago, and we never ended up seeing any of the, the dolphins. So uh, that was a uh, limited experience. So it didn't get the, the full extent of what that should have looked like. Uh, but one of the cool things that I like about the movie is I talked to Shaked Berenson a couple of weeks ago and uh, the writer of the movie, and he was talking about how the goal with this film was to really bring focus on the Bahamas and and to create awareness after Hurricane Dorian. And, you know, I think that it's great that, that y'all decided to bring a a crew there to film and and bring awareness so that it could generate revenue, that it could create jobs, that it could bring back, you know, some of the economy that, that had been hindered so much. Speak to that a little bit. Yes. I mean, unfortunately, of course, you know, since we were there, um, the film economies all over the world have really had a very tough time because, uh, you know, you, you really can't travel to most places with a great big film crew um, unless you quarantine them, which becomes hugely expensive, you know, to take a whole film crew and quarantine them for like 10 days without, without doing any work. It's very, very expensive. But I mean, we were really pleased to be in the Bahamas. Um, it had uh, it had been hit quite badly by by Dorian. Um, uh, by the time we got there, most of that had been repaired, and, and you know, but there were still areas of the island, the poorer areas um, and the more distant areas, if you drove further out, which were still pretty badly hit. And there are some islands further down which we didn't visit who, who were very badly hit indeed. But you know, the, the people are recovering. Um, it's uh, it's one of those islands where um, you know things do get done, and and um, uh, yeah, they're recovering and very well. It's just um, 
it's a great shame that that COVID has hit them exactly when they were hoping to to you know have all the fruits of that recovery. Right. Well, I know that obviously travel and tourism is is one of the biggest drivers of their economy, and specifically cruise ships coming to the Bahamas. And obviously, people have not been cruising, nor could they travel any other way. So yes, mm-hmm. I would think that that they've been hindered dramatically. The good news is that proceeds from this movie will will go to help you know, areas of the Bahamas. And I think that that is, is really positive. And plus the people that got to you know labor in the movie, and then they got to be a part of something that that's something that they'll always be able to you know, share with the locals. And, and I think that that's really exciting. And that was one of the things that, that Shaked and I talked about was you know, sometimes people just give or they just, you know, they, they think about something for a brief period of time. But this is something that can perpetually you know, help that area, which is exciting. Yes, I hope so. And I mean, it, you know, once uh, once we are able to go back, I mean, it is a great location to be in. It's a wonderful place to be. Uh, and we enjoyed ourselves very much. But yes, how lucky we were that it was you know, just before just before all happened. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was also it was great to make a just a fun movie, but also a movie that, you know, you felt, okay, um, anyone can watch this and they're going to be, you know, either moved or, or they're going to laugh or, you know, they're going to be engaged by it. And, uh, you know, with the family, which is, is especially good, you know, now that we're, most of us who have families, you know, uh, are, um, are with them a great deal more than we expected. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so this is one of those movies that everyone can sit around and watch, as you did. I'm very, very pleased to hear that. Yeah, my daughters are 11 and 7, and they both enjoyed it. And, and again, it was light. It was fun. Y'all, y'all tackled some tough issues, but you did it in a way that it wasn't uh, too intense for them. And they both enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. And, and it is. It's so hard to find good quality family entertainment. So I definitely appreciate it. A, a good, fun family film that that I didn't have to, you know, cover their eyes or ears at any given point. And yes, but uh, at the same time, uh, yes, it, it it does cover some some challenging subjects. So I always think, you know, when children are the subject of uh, of one family wanting them and another family wanting them, and, and an argument between the families, it, it's a uh, you know that's that's very tough for those children. It happens to, or it can be, you know, if if families can't can't uh, arrange between themselves. And and uh, yeah, and I think it it does. It also you know it talks about friendships and and who your friendships should be with. And and um, yeah, I I'm I'm glad you 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 saw that in in the movie. It's um yeah, it was it was fun to be in. Yeah, yeah I must say. Yeah, I love boats too. I'm a great boat person. So of course, you know, put me on a boat just off the Bahamas. You know, right. yeah, I'll stay there all day. <laughs> yeah. There are far worse places to be. There certainly are. Yes. <laughs> so recognizing that there is an importance of you know just having good family films available do you have uh, a passion to make more of those or or more intentions to do that yes i mean i'm as a writer i i haven't written family films you know the films that i've made have have all been adult subjects or or historical and um yeah i mean i think i think it's actually very difficult to write very well uh, for children and for uh, young teens, especially young teens, it's very difficult for an adult to get into their world and then stay in it because that world changes so quickly. The influences on you, you know, what, what teens and preteens are interested in, you know, it just changes. It seems overnight sometimes. And as an adult writer, you either have to try and keep up with that or you have to uh, just concentrate on, on one period and one 
group of characters who you can really get into and empathize with. But it's very, very tough. I, I think um, uh, authors for for this that generation of um, of uh, children and preteens and teens, I, I'm my hat's off to them. It's a very hard job. A seven year old is is pretty easy to please. The eleven year old far more difficult. Uh, it needs to be dramatic if mm-hmm. uh, if she's going to like it. We're getting a lot more drama in our house, and it is hard to maintain that attention. And you know what she was interested in yesterday, she's not interested today. I agree with that one hundred percent. Yeah. So, so yeah. from that standpoint, what is next in line for uh, for what you're going to be working on? You've got this series that you're working on, but what what's after that? Yeah. Well, that will um, that will be shooting in July, and um, I have written all the episodes, and I actually play one of the roles in it. It was actually based on one of the movies that you mentioned, Bull Cream Boys, which was made 20, 20 odd years ago. And ever since that film was made, we have wanted to make a television series. The director and producers and I have wanted to make a television series. Um, and uh, uh, finally, you know, we've uh, we've raised the funds and got it going. Um, and uh, the... the the idea is is based entirely on historical truth, which is that during the Second World War, Ireland was neutral, the Republic of Ireland. Um, and, of course, the British very much wanted Ireland to join with them, and the Germans are very keen that Ireland stay neutral. And um, So Ireland stayed neutral, and what that meant was that any combatant of, of from either side, Allied side or German side, who was found on Irish soil was interned in a camp. So lots of airmen who crashed and, and uh, uh, mariners who came ashore were also interned in this camp. Now, the problem was that it was one camp and there was a wire down the middle and the Germans were on one side and the Allies were on the other. And <laughs> typically Irish, because they were internees and not prisoners, they were allowed out on parole. Hmm. So you signed out on parole, you gave your honor to come, you know, your word of honor to come back by uh, eight o'clock or 10 o'clock that night. And then you could go out and spend your life, you know, going to Irish pubs and watching the races. And the, you know. right. So this totally bizarre way of, of living where, you know, these prisoners were, were allowed out. But of course, they, if they went back, if they tried to go back to London, you know, um, they were sent back because that would be a breach of neutrality. And um, England at the time was very keen that the Irish you know, <laughs> didn't uh, go over to the German side or anything like that, you know, um, and a breach of neutrality might, might have, have done that. So it, it's just the most extraordinary story. And of course, what really happened was that a lot of these young airmen met, mostly airmen, uh, met local uh, uh, ladies and, and uh, married them and, and are still, you know, well, living there after the war. Uh, on both sides, both German and Allies. Wow. So it, it's just a, a very extraordinary sort of setting for a, a dramatic series. So from that standpoint, essentially you had captives that were really free to do whatever they wanted to do, but they had to come back and be captives by the end of the day. That's it. That's wow. it. Isn't it crazy? Wow. You know, I mean, it's just... If I ever had to be a prisoner somewhere, that's the type of uh, you know prisoner that I'd want to be. Yeah, but of course they all got very, very bored. And they all tried to escape, um, which you could do when you were not on parole. You know, if you cut your right. way out of the wire and, and escaped and got over the borders of Northern Ireland, you are, yeah, that's fine. Right. <laughs> but you mustn't escape while on parole. It's just crazy. But yeah, for, for several years, uh, the first couple of years of the war, that's that's how it was. Yeah. So was this 1940s? Yes. Um, this would be uh, basically during 1940 okay. um, and into 41 or 42. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, our story is 
begins at the be- at the beginning of the uh, the first uh, few internees are already gathered, and uh, then we have various dramatic and uh, other romantic as well subplots, uh, you know, to take us through the series. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> so one of the movies that, that you've been in, The Patriot, that's that's one of my favorite movies of all time. I mean, it's it's a fantastic movie. Uh, I'm a pretty patriotic person. So that was uh, I mean, what was that like filming that? I mean, obviously, that's been a while, but yes, it, it has been a while. But I mean, I, I still remember it because it, it was such a huge movie. You know, there was very limited CGI. Um, then and uh, a lot of directors, you know, chose not to use it even if it was available. So I arrived on the the, the set of of, uh, uh, of that movie, and it was this vast field, absolutely full of every kind of technical and camera equipment you could imagine. And I said, "Wow, this is amazing!" And they said, "No, no, there are three fields like this." <laughs> you walk to the next field. Next field was full of camps of horses and men who, you know, were, were extras in the movie, and they lived the whole thing. You know, for, for weeks they lived, uh, and they lived, they lived in their tents, and they looked after their horses, and they were on call, you know, for cavalry, you know, and, and um, it's just a, hu- a huge movie. And there's very few of those around these days. You know, the, the huge, the big old-fashioned movies. So I enjoyed myself enormously. Um, and uh, yeah, I, it was a great movie. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it very much. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was, to me, it was, exci- I mean, obviously different. We're talking about Ireland, but you know, Scotland right there next to it, obviously Ireland fought with them. But Braveheart and Patriot uh, are two of, of my favorite all time. I mean, not only for, for the, uh, the great battle scenes, but yeah. just for what they represent and yeah. you know, yeah. people battling for their freedom. Yeah. But you know the yeah, difference is that Braveheart, that Braveheart, although it may be a good film, is just bunkum historically. I mean, it was a good reflection of the period, but historically right. very inaccurate. Whereas right. Patriot, apart from apart from the the case of the the British burning the church with the people in it, I, mm. that didn't happen. But mm. um, but otherwise, the Patriot was was very good historically about um, uh, about the the nature of that war and the two completely different ways of fighting it. You mm. know, you had. The great, the best army in the world, which was the British Army, mm-hmm. if you wanted to fight a pitched battle, but if you're going to fight guerrilla warfare, forget it. You know, mm-hmm. Those uh, men from the from the colonies who you know, lived hunting all their lives, you know, and they, they knew the woods and they knew the areas, and they were they were un, un, unbeatable, you know, simply right. unbeatable. <laughs> so, well, I yeah. definitely think that you know here living in America today to see you know how quickly things can be changed or. Uh, you know, how freedoms can be limited or to, to think about all the things that, that people went through back then to, you know, we've got so many great privileges and so many great rights today, but you know, how all that can change pretty quickly. It's um, it's always interesting to go back and watch some of those movies to see what actually, you know, again, the portrayal of what actually took place, you know, took place and what people fought for or or how they fought to. Uh, try to preserve certain things. It's. I must uh, say, it, it's always as as an actor, it's always a, a great thing to be offered those roles um, because inevitably, especially with my historical interests, you know, I um I I know I've studied the history, you know, very well, and I like to study the history of any movie if I'm doing a historical movie. And um, yeah, I mean, I what I liked particularly about Patriot, apart from the performances, which were I thought were very fine, um, was that sort of the feeling of of um that you are up against an enemy that you simply cannot defeat as far as everyone else is concerned. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I hate to be sort of obvious, but in a way, that's what we've been going through the past year. 
You know, we've been up against an enemy who every time we think we might be able to defeat it, it seems to have this another variant or, or you know, we run out of PPE or, or you know, the, the vaccines aren't available on time. It's, um, you know, it not. I mean, it's not an obvious parallel, but the fact is that that feeling of being embattled and up against an enemy as the American colonists were against the best army in the world and the best navy in the world at your doorstep. You know, it must have seemed impossible. How are we going to get through this? But they did because the will is there. And, um, you know, thankfully, over the, over the past year, our scientists, I have to say, have saved us. They have saved our lives. Obviously, everyone in the medical um, field, they have been trying to protect us desperately and saving lives wherever they could. But it's the scientists who, you know, who will end up saving us. And mm -hmm. I don't think we should ever forget that. Yeah. Well, I also think that there are parallels because, you know, in that movie, you know, there was, and again, the American people, the, the early patriots, it was, you know, willpower, it was grit, it was determination. There was innovation because they had to fight strategically. They couldn't just yeah. fight them straight up like they'd typically done. And in the same thing now, we've, we've got to have willpower. We've got to, you know, continue to innovate. We've got to, you know, have that determination and, and persevere. And yeah. so the American spirit is still alive today. And I believe that we'll overcome this. Like we overcame that, you know, that the greatest military fighting force, uh, yeah. there was no way, but, and really now it seems like there's no way, but we will overcome this too. And we'll continue to, to move forward as a great nation. Yeah. I believe so too. I, I, I believe that. And, and hopefully the light is in the, the tunnel as long as we keep taking it seriously. Yeah. We have to leave, my friend. Um, it's been very, very good to talk to you. Yes, uh, I've enjoyed it. How can people learn more about you? Well, um, about me, you know, I'm, I'm fairly reticent and quite private. So okay. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm not on any uh, social media at all. I noticed um, that. And, uh, you know, I'm on Wikipedia and IMDb and all those, all, all those things. But uh, yeah, yeah. I hope you'll find more about Dolphin Island by, by, by watching it. Yeah, especially if you have a family. I think it'll, you'll enjoy it. Excellent. Well, Peter, it's been an honor to have you here today. And if, if you all have enjoyed listening to this episode, please check us out on Facebook, Living Life on Purpose, and then on Instagram, Living Life on Purpose Always. And we appreciate it. Like and share. And we will catch you in a couple of weeks.